Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and Yes, the weekend is here. It's time to get ready to go fishing, and here to give us some tips is a guy who's been on the water a lot already this year, one of Paul Bunyan Country's great guides, Dick Beardsley, uh, who I've talked to about a number of things, but uh, love to talk to him about fishing. Dick, you're about as enthusiastic an angler as I know. Well, I tell you, Kel, I have a passion for it. You know, I I have since I was a little kid, and uh, I uh, I get excited every time I'm out on the water, you know. You always think, man, today is going to be the day when we just hit the mother load of fish. And uh, some days you do, some days you don't. But uh, it's all—it's just a fun time being out there on the water. How long or how often have you been out so far this year? Well, I, I tell you, since the opener, I've been out partner <laughs> every day. You know, like I was telling people, it seems like any guide trips you get from the opener through Memorial Day are kind of bonus trips, you know, because then once the Memorial Weekend gets here and you get the tourists coming back into town, then you get real, real busy. But... Um, yeah, I've been having fun getting out on the lake with some folks, and and uh, you know the fishing has been a little sporadic, but boy, at times it's been real good. But you know the the good part of you know or the, the the part about the early season fishing, especially when you have guide clients, and I'm right up front with them. You know, I tell them, you know, it's kind of we're kind of going on a little skeleton trip too, because you know I keep a log every time I'm on the water. Over the years, I keep a log, and you can kind of get a pattern going, but you know, early in the season, but, you know, because of the late spring and, and now the water, you know, we went from winter to summertime, it seems like. The water temperatures are actually warming up pretty quick. Um, and so the fish now are, uh, summer's still up shallow, but now we're just uh, two days ago, I was out on a trip, and, and we started catching walleyes uh, on some of the mid-lake structure now. So uh, some of those fish are starting to move to their summer haunts already. See, now I was just hoping that we'd have a good three weeks of easy shore fishing. <laughs> well, head, head to Red Lake, man, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> it's about as easy as it can get right now on Red. Well, well, have you been on Bemidji mainly? Um, Bemidji, Andrusia, uh, let's see, Big Turtle, Turtle River. And uh, you know. And then I was over in the Detroit Lakes area on uh, dinner day on uh, Lake Sally. And, and, and they're all, you know, right now we're all getting, we're getting fish. Um, it, it, early in the day and later in the day, you know, four to six feet pitching, you know, pitching jigs up, you know, into the gravel and rocks and some of the emerging weed lines with a fat head. And now we, we're starting to get some shiners and stuff. And and then, um, but then, you know, during the day, the last uh, few days, we'd be getting more fish out into that 10 to 14 foot range on some of those, you know, mid lake bars and humps, things like that, and those emerging weed lines where it breaks off into deeper water. So, uh, you know, I know there's still fish up shallow, but don't be afraid to start moving out and trying some of those mid-lake structures because uh, some of those fish are out there now. Okay, so, yeah, a little bit of variety out there. Absolutely. And then, and then you know, we've been also, you know, uh, pan fishing up in those shallow areas where there's reeds and those shallow bays and some of the area lakes. And, and, you know, we're catching some nice crappies and some nice bluegills, but we're also catching some nice bass, which is always a lot of fun. And, of course, that's catch and release until May 26. Certainly, you know that's uh, that's the beautiful thing about that Turtle River chain. Uh, they've got 
I mean, there's a number of them that, that are really very solid walleye lakes, but, yeah, there's so many other things in there, too. Well, that's the thing, Kev. You know, you can go, you know if, the, if the walleye bites a little slow or you've had your fill of walleyes and you want to fish something else, my gosh, the pink fishing, the bass fishing, the pan fishing, I mean, on that Turtle Chain of Lakes, oh, my gosh, it's, uh, yeah, it's about as good as it can get. <laughs> Absolutely, and and I know you are a, a guy who likes to fish for a lot of different species. I really am. I'm, uh, you know, I kind of build myself as a multi-species guide, and and um, you know, I always ask my clients, you know, what they want to fish for, and and uh, I tell you, a lot of people just say get whatever's biting, which makes my job a little bit easier. But of course, you get some days, you know, some folks we want to go walleye fishing, and so we'll go out there and let me tell you, we'll do. We work hard at it, and, and hopefully we get some fish in the boat. But if it's a little slow, then, you know, I might suggest, you know, pike fishing or bass fishing or, you know, catch some big slabber crappies. And, and I tell you what, Kev, when it comes right down to it, at the end of the day, if people have something tugging on the end of the rod tip, they're happy as a lark. Oh, they are. Absolutely. That's all I want. Yeah, and me, me too, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, Lake Bemidji is a lake that, that tends to uh, be a little bit slower. Uh, you start to hear really good reports starting around Memorial Day, but then you've got a nice whole month of June where Lake Bemidji tends to be pretty hot. Yeah, it really does. And and Lake Bemidji, actually, on opening weekend, Lake Irving was, was good, you know, up in the, the shallow flats there. And then and uh, what was really neat, I walked down to the fishing pier on Sunday morning, and there were probably a half dozen people there. And and most of them had a fish or two in their bucket or on their stringer. So, you know, early in the season, I'll tell you what, if folks who don't have a boat, that fishing pier, you're going to probably catch some fish. And then, and, then, and then also, don't forget the folks over there on Diamond Point at Diamond Point Park. You know, you get on the, uh, the right side as you're looking out on the lake of, of Diamond Point there, and it drops off real deep, and there's some nice gravel and rock and stuff in there. And, and you can catch walleyes off the shore there, too. So, uh um, you know, early in the season, those areas are good for people that don't have a boat. But you're right. When Once we get to, like, Memorial Weekend and into that month of June, boy, Lake Bemidji can, can be really, really a, a good walleye lake. Absolutely. So uh, jigs and minnows, um, what size jigs, what colors, what's working for you? Yeah, you know, I'd say we've been mainly going with lighter jigs, about an eighth-ounce jig. And um, an orange chartreuse has been working really well. And I'll tell you what, Kev, on sunny days, I started doing this last summer, and I believe it makes a difference. There's jigs out there now, and when you look at them, when you, if you go to a local tackle store, it says UV on them, ultraviolet, and they're painted with this UV stuff in these jigs. And, you know, when, when the sun shines into the water, it, these UV rays go into the water, and, and, and these UV-colored jigs, they kind of sparkle um, in the, in you know down in the water and I'll tell you there's days it does make a difference but so we're just you know we're what we're doing is we're pitching jigs or we're we're long lining them and what I mean by that is we're getting out a little bit deeper along that emerging weed line or on some of those bars and and around the edges of, of the of some of those uh, humps and we're just kind of you know using the trolling motor or using the wind and just kind of you know long lining those jigs kind of popping them letting them lay popping them. And then once we mark or once we you know get onto a fish, then a lot of times I'll hit my trolling motor and it kind of anchors me right there. And then we'll pitch and fan, you know, fan cast the area, and you usually pick up a few more. So it's a it's a good way to to kind of cover some ground, 
yet uh, still jig fish, but we've also been taking some, some nice fish on live bait rigs, too. Still to come, more from Dick Beardsley as we get ready for a weekend of fishing. And have you ever met an extreme huntress before? Well, you will. Stick around. If you catch a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you're never going to see him again. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. The fish is on tremble at the thought of me. When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country. Dick Beardsley, Paul Bunyan Country Guide, my guest, getting us ready for a weekend of fishing. You know, we've talked about this before, Dick, you and I, and, and you've done conversations with us on the air, but this show is now being podcast, so there's maybe a whole new audience of people who have not listened in the past, and they're saying, wait a minute, Dick Beardsley, wasn't he a runner? Didn't he run the Boston Marathon? Uh, yes, it is the one and the same, Dick Beardsley. You know, it's funny, Kim, because I'll get that, some. you know, I'll get a, a guide client call up a new one, you know, and say, um, you know, wanted to book a trip or something and they'll go you're not dick Dursley, that runner guy are you <laughs> I, go, I go yeah and it's funny kev because i'll probably get 10 or 12 maybe 15 guide trips during the summer where these the clients are runners and they'll say geez could we need to go out for a run before we go fishing <laughs> i said sure we can so <laughs> we'll do a combination run and, and fish at the same time but you know a lot of people don't realize they kind of know me more for my running and stuff but i'll tell you i've been fishing uh, uh and guiding a lot longer than i've been running but i got a passion for both of them well yeah you're uh you, you grew up uh, fishing and hunting and then it was uh in high school when you wanted to impress the ladies you, you decided to start running <laughs> exactly i thought <laughs> i thought maybe if i earned a letter jacket the girls would come to me so of course like like most boys here in minnesota or anywhere i went out for the football team and you know, i was 130 pounds soaking wet that I lasted about 45 minutes, and I thought, this uh, no girl's worth going through this. So I went out for cross-country, and it was the best move I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> well, someday when we have time, I, I would love you to tell the tale of uh, how you got some sponsorship. We don't have the time for that now. It's, a, it's an incredible story. But, of course, you had a very successful career, and, uh, and, of course, maybe the thing most people know about is that incredible Boston Marathon run. Yeah, it's hard to believe, Kev. You know, it was 36 years ago this past, you know, just last month. And, you know, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I can remember <laughs> that day like I ran the dark race this morning. So, now I'll tell you, I've got a lot of wonderful memories from running and from fishing, and life has been good. And, you know, I, I go out and, and run every day. And, uh, you know, I'm 62 years old now, and I'm slower than molasses in January, but uh, <laughs> I still I still love doing it. All right, so now if, if people want to book a trip, trip with Dick Beersley, they can, they can book a, uh, a 10K followed by a walleye fishing trip. <laughs> you betcha. Just, they can give me a call at 218-556-7172, or you can go on my uh, website, too, at, uh, at dickbeardsleyfishingguide.com, and that'll give you all kinds of information. And, you know, kids are always welcome along in my boat. I love getting the, the families out there, and I... I promise you we'll have a good time. Dick Beardsley is the man. I love talking to him. Dick, thank you so much for taking some time today. Kev, always a pleasure chatting with you. we uh, we got to get out in the water one of these days. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I will not say no. Sounds good, Kev. Talk to you soon. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
Bemidji's own Tara Hokuf is one of 20 women left worldwide in the Extreme Huntress competition. She's going for the title, and she has made it to the semifinals. Tara Hokuf, welcome. Thanks for having me. So you're involved in this online international competition called Extreme Huntress. Yes. So what is that all about? So it is an, it's an online competition to find women from all over the world who are extreme huntresses. They're into the outdoors. They hunt. They're self-sufficient. Um, and they're, they're good role models for other females who are trying to get out and do the same thing. So this is kind of why they put this thing together is to, to give... Uh the next generation role models? Right. Yeah. I think you'll, I mean, everybody's seen hunting shows and hunting magazines and stuff, but what you don't see a lot of are females in, in those lead roles. And the goal of the Extreme Huntress overall is not to just select one winner, but to to increase the exposure of women in the outdoors. And so that's that's what draws me to it. Okay. And so a lot, there's a, there's a whole online thing that goes on for like a year. Yeah, so um, it started off with an application, and we sent in, like you do any job application, and we wrote an essay saying why we thought we were worthy. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was an optional video, too, you could attach. And there was a panel of judges that selected their top 20. They did that just the end of last month, so April. They announced their top 20 in May, and I made the cut. And if you're on my social media, I apologize because I have been flooding you with requests to vote for me. <laughs> well, of course we want to vote for you. So, um, and that's that. Na- that's internationally. That's international. That's international. It is. Yep. There are there are two of us, I believe, from Minnesota. Then there are folks from Western states, Colorado. There's a bunch from Texas, um, but then there are three. Three international from Sweden, I think it's Iceland and Slovakia. So, yeah, it was open to the whole world. And so how did you find out about it and decide you wanted to do it? Um, There was another gal from Minnesota a few years ago that had gotten herself into these semifinals and was looking for votes. And I did some research on what Extreme Huntress was, what this competition was. Uh, But I was pregnant, so that was not happening at the time. So... um, a couple years have passed now, and I figured now is the time. So I I put in my my application, my submission, and and I made the cut, and and here we are. So all through the month of May, through May thirty first, we can get online and vote for you. Yes, please, please, please. <laughs> and that does count. And it's twenty percent of the of the score is based on the vote. It is so. It's really important to note that they're not trying to make this a popularity contest. They're not trying to see who can get the most votes. It's not all about that. Um, But since they are trying to spread the mission and spread the word, they want us doing our legwork too. So 20% of our score to make it to finals is based on the online voting. The rest is 80% of the judges, and that'll that'll get whittled down to the final four. Yes, sir. What happens after that? Those four lucky ladies get to travel to a ranch, the Y.O. Ranch in Texas, um, where they compete head-to-head and with themselves in 100-degree weather this summer um, in multiple skills challenges and hunting expedition challenges, um, which are also judged. They video all of the excursions and adventures and air those episodes online. And then again, we'll open it up to voting. Uh, and judges' scores until they whittle it down to that number one lady. 
Okay. Um, so week in Texas, and then we get then we get to watch you. Yes. Online. Starting October 1, they will start airing, well, hopefully me, at least the, <laughs> the final four, you will. Um, October 1, they'll start airing the episodes, um, and that'll go all the way through December. So October 1 to December, the episodes will air, and the online voting will be open for that whole time. So the judges, what are they judging on? What is their criteria? Well, it depends on what we're doing. So if you're actually... Um, are you talking about in the finals? I'm just talking about to, or to, right to, now. Get, to get where you got So it. to get to where I'm at, to get me to the final four, the judges are looking at the content of our essays, what we're active in, um, what we have hunted. Um, you don't necessarily have to be this world traveler hunter, trophy hunter. They're looking for women who can be role models, who really exemplify their mission and are looking to get that next generation into the outdoors because that's where conservation starts and that's, that's their ultimate goal. So, And uh, it's going to be announced in January of 2019, so you're actually going for the 2019 title right now. Correct, yeah. So that confuses some people because the whole competition, everything we do is in, you know, starting now through, through December, um, but they won't actually announce the winner until January of 2019 at a black tie event in Texas. So tell me how uh, you got involved in hunting. Well, I was born into the right family. (laughs) (laughs) So my whole family are outdoors folks, Uh, primarily the men. You know, my mom has hunted and things, but nobody actively, none of the other females in my family actively hunt. So I was going out mostly with my brother and my dad and uh, my grandpa. So what all have you hunted? Um, Just about anything you can in northern Minnesota. So uh, deer, turkey, turkey most recently, of course. Of course. Uh, But white-tailed deer, uh, waterfowl, so ducks and geese, grouse. Yeah, there's not – if you watch my video, I say there's not many animals in northern Minnesota that haven't been in my crosshairs at some point. So Bear? Not yet. Not yet. But we're working our way up to that. Okay. An animal that can eat me, I need to. I need to be prepared for that. So no, we're hopefully you know as soon as I can draw a bear, a bear tag, maybe I'll be lucky next time. Okay, well, um, kind of exciting being the top twenty though. It's amazing. I I am so blessed already, and and the support that I I've had rolling in is it's humbling. It's it's amazing. I didn't think I'd make it this far, but I'm so proud I did. So if we want to vote for Tara Hokuf, how do we do this? You can find me online, and there's links all over my Facebook. Otherwise, you can go to extremehuntress.com, and then there's a little drop-down menu you'd click on 2019 semi-finalist voting. Then you'll scroll, you'll see all the ladies' pictures, and you click on those. You can read the bios, see the videos, the whole the whole submission. Um, and then you will click the button by, hopefully, me to okay. vote. Click vote. <laughs> What it's going to do, actually, it's going to ask you for an email. Um, we actually just got got an email from the founder today that said there's been over 6,000 votes, but only a little over half have counted because you have to go into your email and confirm that you are voting. That's okay. how they keep the robots out. Gotcha. <laughs> so once you click vote, enter your email, confirm that email, and you're good to go. Okay. So if you want Tara Hokuf to make it to the finals, you go to extremehuntress.com. Vote, give me your email. When you get the confirmation email, confirm it, 
And Tara's got to vote. Yes, yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to know? I don't think so. Just keep encouraging your kids and your daughters and, and your aunts and everybody to get out and and get in the outdoors and have fun. All right. So you been doing any fishing? Not yet. I was at the Women's Expo on Saturday, which was awesome. But I had a lakeside room, and I was itching to get on that water. <laughs> it was a good weekend. It was. What I heard, it was so. beautiful. Well, good luck when you get out there, and good luck in the uh, Extreme Hunters competition. Thank you so much. Tara Hokuff joining us, and go out there and vote for her, ExtremeHunters.com. Choose Tara Hokuff. Fish ale, popcorn, yeah, country. Awesome. Country. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.